What is up, our engineering coworkers? How y'all hey, doing? <laughs> Thank you so much for checking out our little podcasting space called Black at Work. Um, our show is the podcast where we all go to the stairwell to scream. And right now, all of us engineers and engineering students are screaming. Yeah. Well, all of y'all. <laughs> I have my engineering degree in lashes. <laughs> but our podcast comes out once a week on Mondays. Um, and we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Podbean, uh, Spreaker, YouTube. Just go look us up. We're everywhere. Like, write, write us in. <laughs> look us up. We're everywhere. And our show is geared to allow us Black folk... To share our experiences, no holds barred. So just think about you having a conversation with one of your coworkers outside of work. That's what Black at Work is about. And hey, that's what we about. Well, our first segment that we do on our show, if you will, not if, when y'all go listen. That's right. <laughs> our first segment is titled fuck you um and so that is just where you can write in a fuck you of someone anybody at your job at your school at a professor even a student even somebody tried you on the street at the store we even had it um right in um you can write into us and let us know but with that said co-workers if you have a fuck you Send them, to, send them to us here at blackatworkpod at gmail.com or you can go on our website and write in anonymously or anon <laughs> <laughs> uh, at blackatworkpod.com. So our first fuck you says, fuck you. Insert clip of Jamie Foxx singing. Oh, okay. Who, if you want me to... Fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you to the dean of LSU College of Engineering, COE. Fuck you to the COE Assistant Dean of Academic Affairs. Fuck you to the academic advisors that suggest changing your major to black students as opposed to offering them additional resources. And quite frankly, fuck you the whole damn college except a few. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I could literally write for days about the bullshit I have experienced throughout my time in the College of Engineering. The college and its administration is a prime example of any good old boys club, despite having a white female dean that hides behind diversity initiatives and student organizations such as NSBE, SHPE, and SWE to paint the image of a diverse and inclusive climate. Our former LSU COE assistant dean of diversity was one of the only motherfuckers, I think that's what she was saying, she put MFs in administration that actually served the needs of all students, but more importantly to me, black students. Of course, she was a black woman. In 2017, LSU was not even listed in the top 20 of engineering schools that award the most degrees to black students. But due to her work in 2019, LSU was ranked number 11. 
She eventually left the university to take an executive director role with another organization, which gave the administration the opportunity to eliminate the assistant dean of diversity role and reduce it to a professional in residence position that is supposed to focus on retention and diversity initiatives. Despite all of the results that she produced in her role, these MFs decided to reduce the capacity of our role because they were tired of being held accountable and or hearing about the needs of minority students in their executive meetings. And they were jealous of her many accolades and different speaking opportunities she received, often asking why they weren't invited to speak or sit in on a panel because you're basic and ineffective. (laughs) (laughs) Basic and ineffective. Okay, I'm going to use that. Hashtag. Maybe people will reach out to you if you did your fucking job. Okay, engineering? <laughs> okay. Hold on. <laughs> I have also heard of multiple instances instances of uh, administrators questioning why certain academic or professional development programs were needed for minorities and couldn't be offered to engineering students at large. The same administration... I'm sorry, the same administrators that oversee diversity initiatives. One of my classmates and Nesby LSU members experienced an incident in class where they where they were called the N word by a white boy because she was sitting in his seat. You know, there ain't no damn assigned seating in college. (laughs) Nonetheless, my friend would have flipped that damn desk over. Girl, what? Go ahead. For real. Go ahead in this. No, you good. Nonetheless, (laughs) my friend immediately left the class and went to the Dean of Student Student and Academic Affairs for the College of Engineering to report the incident. This bigot cited, I'm sorry, this bigot cited freedom of speech asked that was um, asked what was done to provoke it. And it said that he had never had such a complaint filed before. Fast forward months later. Or I'm sorry, I can't read. Fast forward months later that and now social justice is the new trend. Administration is contacting Nesby's chapter leadership to join a Zoom call. Give testimonials of times they experienced racism in the college. Fuck you, Craig. Fuck you, Judy. Bitch, <laughs> 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 you know damn well what the fuck happens on the day to the day. Straight up. <laughs> on the day to day in Straight up. college. <laughs> now you want us to join a Zoom call so you can post a screenshot of some black faces on Zoom with COE administrators and send that out to your donors? Miss me with the performative bullshit Come on. and make some actual changes. Reinstate the assistant assistant dean of diversity position hire more black professors more black counselors slash academic advisors provide more resources for black students etc you think it's a coincidence that three of the four black women that worked in academic affairs over the last couple of years or are no longer leaving at much higher rates i really could go on for days but i'll stop here and reiterate fuck you judy (laughs) fuck judy Warnat, fuck you, Craig Harvey, baby. Fuck she put Craig. in last names. Fuck Craig. <laughs> and the rest of you good for nothing MFs. It's bullshit. Like this shit that happens across the nation and what makes organizations like the National Society of Black Engineers so important. That's right. And first of all, shout out to you. We can tell you are a student. Okay, you was baby. typing fast when you sent them up. <laughs> <laughs> look the letters are small y'all i'm sorry y'all probably like this bitch can't read but <laughs> but nah um but yeah this 
It's a whole lot there, but you already read them for filth. I don't I don't even know if I can add fuck Judy. Like <laughs> no, for real, fuck her and us. <laughs> Hold on. Judy Warnat and Craig Harvey. <laughs> you know what? It it just goes to show you how important it is. We keep talking about representation, representation. It's so important that we have other black people in these spots for the Craigs and the Judys so they so they don't get off on, you know, what they've been allowing to happen. Like this guy in the classroom talking about his seat. Bitch, what, what do you think this is? Um, who do you think that I am? Do you mm-hmm. think that I'm uh, Rosa Parks or somebody? This ain't the back of the bus. If you don't get the fuck up uh, out of my face, talking about your seat in a college, like everybody knows nobody has assigned seats in college. We're not in grade school. That, that... That would have sent me home. I would have flipped the desk over. But that's just me. <laughs> that would have got you expelled. <laughs> I would have been expelled. <laughs> try Jesus, not... Wait, wait, what is it? Not me. Not me, yeah. Try Jesus, not me. Yeah, that would have been me too. I had an incident like that in school, like in high school. I don't... But I feel you. It's It's a shame. But like Dana said, it is good that we have you know, students like yourselves and Nesby, you know, who are trying to better themselves so that we can have representation uh, in this, in this field, period. And and the fact that so many um, women of, well, black women have resigned over the past, you know, couple months or years, whatever you said there, that should be like, like sound alarm, like, Hey, what are we not doing right to where we cannot retain our black staff? You would think that they would be smart enough to do that. It's important to have black people, black women and men in those positions for students like you all, not only to look up to, but to go for counsel, to go to try to understand something that might not be in, mm-hmm. um, you know, that 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 might be better explained coming from another black person. I don't know. Maybe AAV be helping us out sometime. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Help me. But I'm just saying, like, we need more black people in that in those spaces and because they're making it hard it just goes to show like we need to start creating our own lanes and that's why I feel and that's why I love the fact that Nesby exists because we have students like you who put this stuff together and they can have something to fall back on they can have other black kids that are doing the same things that they're doing to look forward to so Yes. That's dope. Y'all are dope. Y'all the best. Y'all are dope. And um, that was well said, Dana. So for our next fuck you, she says, or he says, I don't know. Hey, y'all. I graduated with a degree in civil engineering, and I work in construction management, a male-dominated field. I am writing this fuck you story about my previous manager because I had so many incidents with this particular manager. I will refer to this manager as Mr. Bigot. We were we were nearing the end of the project, so we had to do a final walk with the owner of the property before handing it over to the property managers. Everyone on my team was scheduled to be a part of this walk since it was such an important milestone. Well, Mr. Bigot was too busy for the walk, so he told me to take notes. The walk with the owners, the walk with the owners took about an hour. Mind you, the walk was completely outside and it was in the middle of the summer. After we complete the walk, Mr. Bigot finally decides he has the time to bother to be bothered by the phone that are paying (laughs) that are paying him. So he decides to join the walk. Yes, he joined at the end of the walk. 
he decides that he wants to do the walk all over again. And so we do. He gets to excuse talk. me, <laughs> an hour walk. Y'all have to redo it. And it's hot. Child. He gets to talking about things that everyone has that everyone else has already talked about. So I decided to crouch down because it is 90 plus degrees. I hadn't eaten and I was dizzy as he continues talking. He looks down at me and assumes I'm not paying attention. So this motherfucker, boy, y'all love the MF words, child. <laughs> so this motherfucker decides that his best course of action, instead of, you know, just asking me to stand up or asking me what's wrong, that he should take off his hard hat and hit me with, hold on, child, and hit me with it to get my attention. Then he says, hey, I expect you to be taking notes. At that moment, I was ready to quit. I should have, but I didn't. Instead, I did what he asked and took no. Later that week, I spoke with HR and they agreed that I called my hair. And they agreed that I should file a complaint against him seeing now, seeing how he used an object to hit me, had previously called my hair nappy and had also called me a secretary. Ultimately, I didn't file the complaint because I knew he wouldn't be fired and I didn't want it to backfire on me. Several months later, Mr. Bigot left the company. And as I wished him good luck on his journey, I told him maybe we will cross paths again. Knock on wood. He responded and said, yeah, well, we will see about that. Fuck you, Mr. Bigot. That's the end. Girl, that's the end. I'm I'm so glad it's the end. (sighs) Um, I'm gonna go off on a limb here. Follow me. I'm gonna go <laughs> off on a limb here and just assume, assume that Mr. Bigot is in his old, decrepit years, okay? He gotta be. He gotta be, because why the fuck did you reach way back in the 1955? You think I'm your little boy, like, what the, you hit me with an object and then tell me that I need to be taking notes like I'm your child or this is like I said 1955 and I can't look you in the eye like and then he said what that that we might cross paths again yeah maybe so you might be in a position where you hiring this motherfucker. Like, I'm sure he don't know Excel. I'm sure he don't know how to put a motherfucking spreadsheet together. He gonna need you for that shit. Oh, man, there was so much wrong here. Um, I don't even want to be right. You go ahead, Anessa. And the fact that now, I can't believe this man hit you and you didn't hit him back. Baby. Because it could, it wouldn't have been me. Okay. It shouldn't have been me. <laughs> I just, when she said that, or he, whoever wrote this, I just saw like, you know, scenes from slave movies. Girl. <laughs> Shit just flashed across my eyes. I'm like, in that moment, it was like, you come back to yourself. I probably would have fucked him up. I'm not even going to lie to you, Brad, like on some real shit. Like at this point, you have assaulted me, sir. Mm-hmm. And there's no more room for decorum here. I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to hit you so fucking far in the mouth. Your grandpappy and them going to feel it. You know, those clan members, they going to feel that shit. Fuck you, Mr. Bigot. Yeah, Mr. Bigot, you got, you you wrong. And why didn't you, and I understand that, you know, you didn't want anything to backfire on you or anything like that, but you still should have reported him. And I would have went to the police because they do that. 
Girl, that's assault. I that mean, is or ass- boy, that's assault. That's assault. Like I would have, I would have filed a complaint. I would have went to the police department and filed a. Um, a I would have pressed charges. You're not gonna hit me, and you're not gonna tell me to uh, take your notes, massa. Okay. That ain't what's happening. You got the right bitch because I swear to God, if that had happened to me, my reflexes would have reacted. I would have been in court like, Your Honor, I did not mean to set him on fire. It was a reflex because he hit me first. Like, it just, I, ooh, you stroke, you show great restraint, and I am proud of you, young, young black professional. But man, that is a lot to even have to deal with. You did, and I applaud you. But what I do want to say to everyone out there that might be trying to, you know, go into corporate America engineering or whatever, even though you feel like something might backfire on you, like in that regard, somebody hitting you or calling you the N-word or saying it, calling you out your name or anything like that, anything racist, still file a complaint regardless because at the end of the day, you didn't do anything wrong. That that person did something wrong. Somebody put their hands on you, baby. You gonna be like Pooh. Go yeah. listen to that. <laughs> yeah, go listen to that show. To that uh, show. <laughs> Run up, get done up. Run up, get done up. But um, yeah, he shouldn't have been. He shouldn't have been able to keep his job assaulting you in that way in front of other people. Like I just don't. I don't see where that was not legal. Well, that's why he I'm left. not a lawyer. So he knew. He knew what was what was up. Yeah, that's why he left a week that later. Was fucked up. And I, you real good for telling him good luck on your journey because I would he wouldn't have got nothing for me, and I would have been like, yeah, we gonna see each other because I'm a, a slash of tires. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bust out your windows. I'm doing all of that, and we in the middle of pandemic. What? Let's just pray Corona don't find you <laughs> at your front door. Child. Hallelujah. Y'all know God don't like ugly. Like ugly. So, anyways. Well, that's all the fuck yous we have for this week. If you have a fuck you, like these beautiful fuck yous that came in today, this is so funny. I ain't never heard no engineers curse so much, okay? (laughs) If you have a fuck you, please send them to us here at blackatworkpod at gmail.com or you can, or yeah, through our email, um, or you can go to blackatworkpod.com and submit them anonymously um, and tell us what's up. Okay. Well, guys, today on our special edition Nesby Conference Down to Business segment for Black at Work, we have Christopher and Caitlin Bridges today on our show. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, um, the Bridges are a married couple and met through a fundraising event for Nesby in 2014. Nesby was a stepping stone for the couple to become friends and eventually tie the knot six years later. Chris graduated in 2017 with a BS in construction management from the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. And Caitlin earned her BS in biological systems engineering and an MS in biological and agricultural (laughs) engineering god y'all are fucking me up (laughs) with these degrees (laughs) chris is currently an office engineer for a general contractor and caitlin is a research scientist for for an organic soil company together they form the bridges household and currently live in sacramento california welcome to our show guys 
Thank you, you so much for being Welcome, here. Smart black people. Okay, can't even pronounce <laughs> all of this. Right. I forgot what y'all titles are already. <laughs> um, thank you. No, but thank it you wasn't easy. I, I don't bet. sound like it. I would have dropped out at um, <laughs> biological systems. <laughs> That would have been my end point. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Well, speaking of um, all those high and mighty titles, y'all know, like Dana says all the time, we love titles on this show. Love them. What made you guys want to even go into engineering to begin with? And how did you figure out what lane or what field or, um, I guess, particular subject matter in engineering how did you decide that you wanted to do that? You want to go first? Sure. Um, I went to a high school that had a STEM program. So early on, I kind of knew and committed to myself that I was going to pursue actually architecture. And when I started my freshman year in Nebraska, I changed that again and pursued civil engineering. And really, it wasn't up until my junior year that I had an opportunity to complete my first internship in construction and later decided to transition and focus solely on construction and just stuck with it from that point. I didn't necessarily have exposure prior to that. I was a first generation college student and my mom was in finance. So really for me, it was kind of a, a struck of low. Uh, well, <laughs> I stumbled upon engineering really and I'll say Nesby as well. I was part of Nesby Jr. and got that early exposure from that as well. So really being surrounded with people that showed it was possible, really. Well, me, I didn't know. I just kind of went in. First, to be completely honest, this is going to sound really head ass, but like I decided <laughs> to pursue, I wanted to do biomedical engineering because I wanted to cure diabetes for Nick Jonas. <laughs> So don't judge me. I was like, come on. I was like 15 in Omaha, okay. Nebraska. Come <laughs> oh, on. Okay. I, I ain't going to lie. I had a poster of Justin Timberlake. Let's just put Period. that out there. I mean, it's not the same. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would probably, I would probably, you know, have Justin Timberlake versus Jonas Brothers right now. <laughs> I'm a little ashamed of that. But that's why I pursued biomedical engineering. And then once I actually did it, and so the biological systems engineering is like an umbrella. But within that umbrella, I did biomedical engineering. And that was a lot of research. But also people wanted to build like medical devices. And I wasn't really into building medical devices. So I kind of changed my career path and went to agricultural engineering. So I'm really familiar with like living things and really want to help out the living people and do things like that. But um, yeah, that's how I kind of pursued agricultural engineering because it's something different, but still with living systems. Cool. So why do you guys think that a lot of black kids um, haven't pursued engineering or might not think that it's something for them? I go first. I feel like <clears throat> when you go into engineering, like especially even when you're younger and you're exposing being exposed to math or science, if you feel like you're not good in those areas, you might not feel that you're able to pursue engineering. Mm. Um, but a lot of it is really just 
learning what you need to do to solve a problem. A lot of it is just, you really don't know what problems you're giving. You just have to kind of put things together and it just takes time. So as long as you practice and pursue something that might be interesting within the engineering field, because it's such a wide range, you can do buildings all the way to building like drones that fly over agricultural products. So you have such a wide range of things that you can do and you don't have to be good at math or science to actually pursue it at all. I would echo those sentiments, but I think a lot of it starts with representation. Mm -hmm. So me growing up, I I didn't have anybody in my life or even extended resources, mentors that were in STEM related fields. So it, some of that was wanting to challenge myself, Mm -hmm. but a lot of that was wanting to, I guess, be able to, to bridge that gap and, and be, a tangible resource for the youth mm-hmm. so that they have somebody that they can connect with and feel like it's obtainable. And that's one thing that Nesby really pushes forward is creating a pipeline for the youth all the way up until graduating. So a goal that Nesby has is to graduate 10,000 engineers by 2025. And so that's annually. So we always want to pursue that goal and push people to stay within the pipeline because we know that from the youth, people just drop out because they're not being encouraged and they don't have representation, like you said. And that's so important. We Very actually important. just talked about that with a, another guest about, or a doctor. We had a doctor on the show and, you know, she was saying how the reason why we think, or, you know, the reason why she thinks black people or black kids growing up don't go into these, you know, to be a doctor or a lawyer or engineers because we don't think that we, you know, are smart enough. And I even talked about how I didn't think I wanted to be a doctor and a lawyer, but I didn't think I was smart enough to be a doctor. Um, So um, I, I really love that you guys said that in representation. So why do you think it is important for black students or, you know, black college students or black high school students to why do you think it's important to encourage them to go into like a STEM or to be an engineer? Mm. Um, I think I'll stick with the challenge is a part of it, right? I think there's a lot of different opportunities in higher education, but STEM kind of historically, at least in my experience, has, has proven to be a path that, that, fiscally pays off a little more. So if you're willing to, if If you want that coin, exactly. (laughs) if you spend the time in undergrad and grind it, and that doesn't mean you won't have fun as you're studying. Right. But it's, I don't know, very surface level. One of those programs, anything engineering that if you commit that time in your academics, you do your internships, you graduate, it's going to pay off for you as well. So, and that's not to say the other majors don't do that, but I think earlier on in your career, there's a lot more opportunity for you to be compensated for the work that you put in in undergrad. And maybe in some instances, less hoops to jump through to get the coin that you deserve. Right. Because, like, a lot of people, like, we have to, uh, coming out of school, you know, you have to get all this experience or they want you to have all the experience. Now, I got, 
I got a degree. I'm an engineer. I'm an engineer. I can come about mm-hmm. 21 and I'm making six figures. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not that much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, but y'all can tell us. Y'all can tell us. Is it that much? Right. Is six it? figures. You you have the opportunities, right? Okay. So me, I'm in a more, I guess, unconventional or non-traditional engineering background with construction. So. My first offer letter out of college was for probably $66,000. And then I wasn't paying for health insurance premiums. And if you incorporate that and my qualified retirement plan, which was an annual contribution of 15% of whatever my current salary was, that first offer letter was valued at $90,000. So come on. Come on, Chris. Right. With the offer letter <laughs> breakdown. Okay. Because I, I was over here like, Hold on. What? 15%. <laughs> From now on, I'm calling him. Okay. When I need- <laughs> Can you look over this offer letter for me? For real. I can you handle through. the finances, okay? Okay, okay right. <laughs> and I would trust that man. Okay. <laughs> can y'all tell us a little bit about what you guys' uh, journey to becoming um your perspective engineers was like, what was school like? Anything that happened? Did you have any off the wall professors? Anybody coming at you crazy? Any crazy stories? Anything? Mm. You want to go first? <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So going to UNL, University of Nebraska Lincoln, we're from Nebraska. So we used to, you know, the whites being around. So it's about, it's like a, how big is UNL? Like 23,000? 23,000 students and about 40 to 50% of them are white. So that was, it wasn't that bad because you're able to, in undergrad, you're able to escape from some of those things. You can be like, I'm only going to be in class for 50 minutes, Mm -hmm. but then I can just go to the multicultural center and chill with my people and do whatever. But in graduate school, I went to Texas A&M and that was 70,000 students and about 70% were white. So I didn't know I could get. That's what you got. You thought she was coming here for a taco, girl. I ain't got time. But what you got was hee haw steak. So I did not think. I did not think when I came to an institution that I could get culture shock. Because I was already at a PWI, so going to another PWI, I was like, oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be the same thing. But like, you just feel like a little bit more isolated in graduate school because now you're just working on your research. You're just working on classes and you're just in your zone and doing assistantships. So it's pretty much like you're a little bit more solo dolo. But the thing is I came into grad school and I applied to grad school and they told me I wasn't good enough to do a PhD. I could be oh. accepted for a master's program. Yeah. The nerve, right? Face. Yeah. Cause they use these, they use all kind of qualifying factors when you apply to see if you're qualified and how you're going to do well in grad school, which is just like GPA. Can you write a personal statement and the GRE, which there's so many studies that say like the GRE is not correlated to your success in graduate school. So I don't even know why they still take that, but it's fine. Because God had the final say. Come on. <laughs> That's a husband, girl. Come on. No, forget so, that. That GRE is trash. I took that mug. <laughs> and I'm telling you, like, it was just like, I don't recall learning this in, in high, uh, university. Anything. Yeah. Like, this was this was trash. So I feel you, Caitlin. Because, like, <laughs> it's just crazy. Because it's like, it's just unfair. Because we don't get, black people don't get exposed to all this 
wide range vocabulary that may that white people may be exposed to because they live on they get yachts and they get to do whatever so they know the terminology associated with that boat that we don't so it kind of puts you at a disadvantage but once you get there the funny thing is is um I went in at the same time as this white man and he stayed, he was from Texas A&M and he stayed to get his PhD. We came in actually with the same credentials. I looked at his resume to make sure to see how we compared. And so he got accepted into the PhD program, but he actually didn't put in any of the work. So the first few semesters, he was really just riding off of me. He was copying my homework. Ah! Yes, the nerve. Yeah, he was copying my homework. I used to come home every day stressed, like... How what, how you letting them copy your homework? Am I missing something? It's what's like, he paying okay. for it? <laughs> what you giving? No, but like when you're in grad school and you share, you share usually you share office spaces with other graduate students. So he like right boop here. He sat right next to me. So anything I could do, he could see. So we're in the same office space, and so we have the same courses. And you only take like three courses in grad school and then the rest of your time is to research or assistantships. But to end the story, he ended up not graduating because he didn't put in the work while I graduated and got my health degree. So and a job and a job. He also. Yeah, he's just struggling right now, but it's okay because my fruits of my labor came out. So it's okay. Don't like ugly. I wonder um, what poor black person got him to that point. Cause, Hello, because you didn't no period. To, like period, <laughs> it was somebody because I checked his resume and you know they really people white males are very bold. He lied about so many oh, yeah. things, and I called them out. I'm like, so are you gonna are you gonna change any of this? He's like, but I, I put in most of the work. I said, but did you? <laughs> Oh, Donald Trump. I was just about to say. But we said we have said on this program before, and I will mm-hmm. say it again: white men lie the most on their resumes about oh, yeah. everything, everything <laughs> down to their address. For real, oh, where they last work, the uh, education is always a lie. Like they, because they're bold and they're used to not being checked on that. So, mm-hmm. and they know if they they know I'm white, I'm. I'm a male and I can get away with it because once they get up to Mr. Bob um, Smith, you know, they Bob Smith might be like, you know, man, it's cool. Yeah. We'll just. That's okay. We'll, we'll ride past You're a that failure part. like me. <laughs> right. And, and I got here. this job. Right. <laughs> and I'm interviewing I'm you, but. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. My saving grace was also that my, my advisor was black. So she advocated on my behalf within the department. But the crazy thing is that she was the first black person in the department Mm. and she was the first woman to have a baby in the whole department. Ever. Ever. And Texas A&M is founded on biological and agricultural engineering. It's the main focus. Texas A&M is founded on race. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's uh, true. Child, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna even get into that. I ain't trying to have Texas A&M come for me, but yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> real like Girl, that's no. a problem. We don't want no smoke with Texas A&M. But, but luckily, you have somebody know. there to advocate yeah. for you. So what about for sure, you, Chris? For sure. Yeah. Looking back to undergrad, I don't think. I had all of the same experiences as her. Mine were a lot more uh, cultural than they were like legitimate issues with my peers and things like that. Like 
especially being from Nebraska, all they so everybody in the construction management program grew up in construction. So their fathers, their parents in general were doing commercial construction, residential and all those things. So that was one thing I couldn't relate with. But also they, they just were a lot more recreationally involved than I was with outdoor activity. So I wasn't making friends because I went hunting or I went boating because I don't do that. Because so you are black. Was, no, <laughs> black people boat. We boat. What is boating? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I still don't. <laughs> Nothing like, nonetheless, it, it was just me and the two or three other black dudes in the program. So we stuck with each other. Yeah, I had on y'all like this. <laughs> just in case, no, planted on the ground. That's what we were. So, I know that's right. I don't know. I think more than what she has experienced at this point. Mine has been workplace related. But oh yeah, his workplace be cutting up construction is something up. different. First two years. Give us, <laughs> full give us time your worst and, story. Your worst story. Ooh. If you can. <laughs> We don't want you to get fired. Right. Yeah, we don't want you to lose that. Because we can't pay you. Especially not no six figures. Actually, we need a loan. So once you get off this phone, (laughs) you stay on the line. Write that shit. Get a brief survey. That's funny. No, but I think just in the workplace, it's really interesting to see how bold people can be, especially with with issues of race and cuz. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, oh. oh, say less. Like white folks saying nigga all in your face and like this Excuse is Excuse me. Up work. Not not hard R, but like it just like what is wrong with you, man? And they walked away. Walked away. <laughs> Nobody like like it was gravy though. Like it was gravy. Brought it to my employer's attention and they put the whole, oh no, we don't play that face on. And what happened? Buddy was there the rest of the job. Sure enough. So, yeah, that you know what? It's so crazy because um, I have an experience where a, a racist coworker of ours was reported and she kept getting reported and kept getting reported and kept getting reported and never, ever, ever got reprimanded or fired. So obviously these jobs don't give a fuck about somebody being racist at all, like at <laughs> all, at all. That's crazy. But. Well, with all of that, you know, what would you tell our fellow black cousins and kinfolk, you know, that might be discouraged from going into, you know, your field because of microaggressions? But we have that in every field. But what would you tell them still to, you know, and still encourage them to still press on? I think it starts with having (laughs) comfort. (laughs) It starts with having comfort in yourself. Right. And understanding, like, what is your identity? in my opinion, and being, I guess, invested enough in yourself to not let those microaggressions pull you out of a situation that has elevated you in your life, right? So if I get this new job and it's what I've wanted to do from day one, why are you going to let a person take that away from you after you've worked that hard? And that's not to say that there aren't instances where it is time to remove yourself from a toxic situation, but I'm a very big advocate for using your situations to propel yourself right so i love that yeah 
I guess it's my turn. Okay. Yeah. So I would say, <laughs> I was trying to think of, he's so well-spoken. I'd just be talking. So um, I would say that you have to kind of go with the flow because I started out in something that I thought I wanted to do and ended up in an industry that's not what I started to do. So don't be afraid if something else is pulling you towards that, go towards your interests. And engineering, it might be hard. But a lot of it is just weed out classes. And if you form a good group of people that you study with and that y'all do test exams with, that you can make it through for sure. But it's like you just have to kind of be very persistent and go with what your interests are. You got to go with where your passions are. Right on. Go where where your passions are. Yeah, for sure. You have to. So anything else, (laughs) you guys? I feel like our conversation was short a little bit or maybe it's just. We've been having so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) But anything else you guys want to want to add or throw in there? Mm. Anything that you guys want the people at the conference to know? Oh, at the conference, we keep looking up here. It's because they're up there. I know it's gonna look crazy. Oh yeah, but we edited it back because they're up there. So sorry, but yeah, go ahead. It's okay. Um, Nesby was. Nesby's lit because that's how I met him, you know, like, so I appreciate Nesby so much because that unit of people that I was just talking about, if you form those coalitions in the field, then you can get through your degree. And a lot of those people I found was through Nesby, even if we weren't at the same institution, people are just a phone call or a FaceTime away that you can talk to people being like, oh, are you in thermodynamics this semester? Because it's kicking my butt, you know? So having those conversations and having that community that Nesby provided, it was good. And also we were in leadership roles in Nesby. So there's different levels. So there's regional and there's national. There's also the conference planning committee. So there's so many different roles you can be in that can give you experience because we talk about it all the time how some people come into the workplace and they don't know how to present a presentation or or they just oh i'm sorry (laughs) we'll cut that out (laughs) (laughs) it's that married life right (laughs) (laughs) my bad you could yeah you could take it home but you know we talk about that kind of all the time that nesby has prepared us and gave us some of the skills that our counterparts don't necessarily have because we talked in large crowds or we've spoken with a lot of people. We got very familiar with not just looking at a presentation, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. it, it gave us tangible skills to be very successful in the industry. Um, yeah, obviously everything that she said, but I would say take advantage of Nesby while you have the opportunity because it, it would blow your mind how often both of us have run into people in the workplace and it might be professionals in their industry that have been in their careers 10 plus years that just don't have the comparable like social skill set that we developed in a student run organization. And we're talking like simple structure of how to run a meeting with an agenda, taking like minutes Grown-up stuff. I don't know. Grown-up stuff. <laughs> yeah. to, me, to us, to all of us at this point, that's second nature, right? It's, it's, that's what gets you in the door. And we're talking about people that are running companies that can't do the bare minimum. So that would be my two cents on that. 
Okay. I believe that Nesby is the future. Okay, I need to be a part of the Nesby because right. I need me a husband, okay? Ah! One that knows financial <laughs> matters like Chris yeah, over they here. Call, <laughs> they call they call uh people who get together in Nesby Nesbays. Y'all okay. got the hashtag. I'm an engineer. The, the funniest part about it <laughs> is, and, and for the people that will, that we know, and as we that are going to watch this, like they always teased us for as long as we've known each other that, oh, y'all aren't friends. Y'all going to be together. And for probably the first three years that we knew each other, it was just a healthy friendship. friendship. We was chilling, watching Walking Dead together, eating out. You know, we was chilling. Oh no, y'all! Was you, was, you was checking him out, right? You, you, you was putting no, your no, no. Together. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> she like, uh, uh-uh. uh. No, it wasn't that. Right, I had some other niggas <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get her in trouble. <laughs> when they log off, you already know. You know I, had a, I had a food, I had a food hole rotation. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! <laughs> well, but yeah, we love Nesby, so I we appreciate Nesby you all doing too. this. You Thanks. can join those professionals. It's a wide range. Get your kids in it too. There's Nesby Junior. Hey, my child, he gonna be in Nesby. Okay, whether he like it or not. I'm an engineer myself. <laughs> I'm a, a wig engineer, right? <laughs> period. Okay, period. Poo. Now it's playing. That was too much. <laughs> but thank y'all so much. For, I'm, ugh, Thank I'm sorry. You. Keep looking this way. Thank y'all so much for coming to be on our show. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank you for having us. Yeah, no, we so fun. enjoyed you guys. And thank you so much for inviting us out to be a part of the conference. And um, we hope that you guys enjoy the interview. So, we did. Sure. We had fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you guys. And we'll be listening still. Hey, you got to. <laughs> got to <leave. laughs> We are so looking forward to having a whole bunch of new engineering listeners. As a reminder, please go and subscribe to our podcast. If you have an iPhone, you can access us in the Apple Podcast app. Just type in Black at Work. We'll pop up. Same with Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm. We're now on Spotify, bitch. Hey, hey. And a whole bunch of other platforms, YouTube and all of that. So check us out there. Make sure you subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow us on social media. Follow us on social media. Our social media is so dry because <laughs> we don't do anything over there. So We don't. We need more followers. But yeah, follow us, y'all. But, um... That's it. We love you guys. We love you guys so much. Thank Thank you you. to Nesby so much for giving us this opportunity. We had a blast. Thank you so much to Caitlin and Chris for coming in and sharing you guys' stories. And if you guys want to be a guest on the show, if you want to write in, utilize that email, blackworkpod at gmail.com. Send us a DM. And we are so turned up. We can't wait to see you guys and have fun with the rest of the conference. Yes, have fun. Stay black and stay proud. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, (laughs) y'all.